Hello, and welcome to EPR with your favorite environmental enthusiasts, Nick and Laura. On today's episode, we give our shout outs. Laura and I discuss watching the Olympics. We sit down with Taiwu Ogunumi. Wait, I thought you were supposed to read the hard ones. I don't know. <laughs> hey, I invited we, him. <laughs> I know, I know. That's right. <laughs> I have to say it. That's right. So we do. We sit down with Taiwu to talk about flood hazard response in Nigeria, how GIS can support efforts combating COVID-19, and getting lost in literally the middle of nowhere. And then finally, you are 10 times more likely to get bitten by a New Yorker than a shark. It's <laughs> tracks, I think. That makes a lot of sense. I don't think that surprises anybody, actually. But uh, <laughs> as always, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Hit that music. Our shoutouts for today go to Carol Sneed, Environmental Project Manager at Oregon Department of Transportation and a NEPA board member, and Bill Plumpton, Senior Vice President and Principal Environmental Scientist at Gannett Fleming and an NAP fellow for Bill for doing such a wonderful job for the last few years as the chapter's lead and for Carol for taking over him for him recently. So thank you both for helping our chapters stay engaged with us and doing great things. Also, don't forget to check out NAEP's Environmental Professionals Connection, which is an environmental hub for articles, research studies, and leadership blogs from hundreds of leading sources. Check it out at environmentalprofessionalsconnection.com. If you'd like to sponsor a future episode, please head on over to environmentalprofessionalsradio.com and check out the sponsor form for details. Let's get to our segment. I don't know. We could talk about the Olympics. Have you been watching it at all? We could talk about the Olympics. And no, it's one of those things where like, is it okay to say that I'm not watching the Olympics? But I just don't watch a lot of TV and I don't. It's like if someone sent me a video and said, you need to watch this, I probably would. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I kind of didn't even really know what was going on and talking about it. So I now I know it's happening. (laughs) That's so funny. Well, I mean, you know, it's was every four years and and, well, I guess this is five years. It's a crazy thing. It probably shouldn't even be happening. They probably should have canceled it. But this was one of those things where the money basically didn't allow that to happen. Like you had, they had to do it. The contracts were like, yeah, yeah you can postpone, but only for a year and or whatever right. it is. And it's like, you can't cancel it. So they had it to do it like anyway. the conference, you know, if, how tricky that was just for our conference. Like how I know. much yeah. more yeah, tricky yeah. that would be on that sort of scale. So it well, makes a lot of sense. It does. And you're totally right. Like contracting guys, like a lot of you don't know. It's like, well, wait, you know, why does this take so long? Why is it so hard to, you know, contracting is written so that you can't get out of it that's the whole yeah. point <laughs> <laughs> you know pandemic be damned you know it's uh it's probably very... why a lot because people are there's some events you'll see that are, are backing down again and then there's other yeah. ones that are, you're like how come that one's still happening it's probably right. contractual. it's probably contractual <laughs> yeah it probably probably is so there's someone who's saying you're not getting yeah you're not gonna back, yeah. so you better do it yeah. anyway <laughs> right exactly <laughs> And, uh, you know, it, it's, I think it's like the Olympics in general are kind of a, they used to be the pinnacle of like, you know, athletic achievement and all this other fun stuff, but it ends up being just a, a tear like for the country. It? I mean, that's, isn't that the whole question now? Like, has it ever really been yeah, that? Or it's, yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's been the spin on it. Cause it's the, it's the thing with sports, right? They have advanced stats now. They're like, oh yeah. Like my favorite one actually is, is basketball, right? Where like they had the three point shot for, you know, decades before they realized, oh, it's worth more than two. We should probably take more threes, right? <laughs> um, which is so funny to me because it's so obvious. It's like, yeah, you should be better at the shot that counts more. So practice that. 
But like for the Olympics, it was like, oh, these don't make money at all. This bankrupts cities. Right. <laughs> Every city that has them, had, you know, so it's a real challenge on just that front. And then you, you add COVID to it. And maybe that's, I think the ratings are way, way down. Some of that's probably related to, you know, streaming in general, because yeah. people aren't watching the same way they used to, especially not for, you know, five years ago. So. No, I was just going to say, I, I don't have any actual numbers, but it feels like there's just less people with cable and the Olympics mm-hmm, came on cable. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, now, yeah. now like same for me, that's why I don't see it. I don't have like a TV guide and a schedule. And <laughs> here's what's <laughs> happening at this time. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And we actually only have the, uh, what's on NBC. So like the, uh, cause they're, they're putting on a whole bunch of channels. And so we have that, the air channel, you know, you can get like yeah. the, the broadcast network. That's the only thing. It's also weird, you know, because you can actually know the results of like almost everything before it happens. There's very few things that are live. <laughs> and so like that also kind of takes out of it a bit. Like they did right. a good job with the, the swim. I like the swimming for whatever reason. I don't know why. I just really enjoy the swimming competition part of it. And I don't know. I watched. Um, you so I watched have those. to respect the actual sports. I mean, some of the. Oh, yeah. Like regardless of, you know, whether they are the elitist of the elite, which, which in a lot of cases they are. I don't take away yeah. from any of that. But yeah, some of it's really cool to just be like, man, that's pretty awesome (laughs) yeah (laughs) for sure and yeah it's just kind of a crazy um crazy sports but there's like also random sports like handball that show up and i'm like what on earth is this i think isn't isn't skateboarding in this year yeah skateboarding is in i mean i don't know long enough (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's funny though like i didn't think it was very interesting the free skate was better but like there was one where they're just doing tricks and they try to do one trick five times and hopefully they don't fail four times is what it seemed like. Mm, and so it was just yeah. crazy. It was, it was really boring. Like that one was really boring. I was really disappointed. And it kind of is weird because it's like a, you know, the skateboard culture is probably anti-Olympics. I don't want to say that there's, necessarily there's true. Of, but Yeah, no, there, I mean, as with almost anything, there's people who are for it and people who are not. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. But it was just funny because I just didn't think it, I, I thought it would be more interesting. I thought, I grew up playing like Tony Hawk on the, uh, you know, like the, <laughs> you the video game, you know, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> Tony Hawk doing crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like the free skate was kind of, was, was more fun, but uh, yeah. yeah, just doing the tricks. I was like, you're just doing one trick. Like, I mean, I had to string together 137 in a row and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. So I'm just exactly, saying. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it is but, too. It is, it is almost like cool you landed your kickflip now let's see all the other things you can do and right yeah get to the end i know i know and so it's like, okay you went down a rail than kickflips <laughs> i mean they, they just they went down a rail of t- 12 steps i'm like okay oh wow have you guys not seen youtube before because that happens uh, yeah like, yeah <laughs> like that's I not I even think i had friends that were doing things more extreme than that yeah but that's like, it. so, it's not extreme sports, right? There's probably right. like form and all that, which again, right. like skateboarding that's shouldn't be saying. about form. It should I be know, about like landing a sick trick. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually more about falling on your ass and then <laughs> <laughs> and walking away. That's where I quit. Yeah, and walking started, away. Um, falling really hard. And yeah, I like, no, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just like, uh, actually, I love this. My wife's dad got Lauren a skateboard for Christmas and he was like, like recently? I, I, no, no, no. When they were kids, when they were kids, okay, when okay. she was a, when she was a kid, not when her dad <laughs> yeah. was a kid. That doesn't make any sense. Um, when she was a kid, and he's like, "I don't see what the big deal is. This is easy. This is probably not that hard." So he got on the skateboard. <laughs> he immediately slipped and broke his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the skateboard is yeah. supposed to come with shoulder, not shoulder pads. What I'm talking about. That's a whole different. Yeah, thing. yeah. Uh, elbow and oh, knee pads. Elbow and knee pads. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, which she had and he didn't wear. <laughs> right. But yeah. yeah. I don't think uh, I ever wore pads. That was not cool. <laughs> right, exactly. I didn't either. Uh, At least not when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I also didn't skate. So that I guess that's kind of uh the <laughs> yeah. Well, I got my skate shirt on today, so that you know yeah? makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that's fine. I had I had a lot of skateboard friends, but not me. I was just well, the the boards were not cheap, like a good one. If I remember correctly, it was like a hundred and something dollars. So that They're wasn't happening. Cheap. <laughs> yeah. And actually, I talked to a guy that owns a skate shop here in Syracuse. They just opened Flower Skate Shop and they are, he was telling me that the price, because of the price of wood is so high, like it's the price of skateboards is like four times and really oh, hard God. to get. So yeah. yeah, things you don't think of. Yeah, man. It's, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> This is how you like this is this is absolutely a college story, but like my roommate and I bought a skateboard, just the board. Because we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't afford the wheels. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, we were like we were learning how to flip the board, you know, like just yeah. without the wheels on it, which doesn't make any sense. But we're like, yeah, this is so awesome. We're gonna get wheels and then we'll be able to <laughs> use this thing. Like what are we gonna do? Rent it because it's only one of them. I mean, there's two of us. It was not. Oh, it was not my finest moment. You know. Oh, that's yeah. Great. So I still think fondly cool. about. Well, that. anything else in the in the Olympics you've been watching? So you say swimming is my favorite. Um, you know, I I try to get into track and field when I can. I saw the U.S. men's basketball team win. Oh, cool. And that was that was cool. But yeah, the rest of the world is much much better at basketball than they used to be, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Just, uh, which is kind of the joy of the Olympics, right? You bring sports that you don't know about and to other areas of the country or the world and they pick it up. And that's yeah, absolutely what I do like to happened. see the, the global competition just like getting outside of your own country's bubble. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. And you see some countries that you probably would never have heard of doing really well in sports, you know. And I think there was one of the, one of the track medals, I think it was the 200 or maybe the 400. I think it was a 400 meter dash like the guy that won is from the bahamas and he's just that's his thing and he's great at it and it's really cool you know and it's you know the jamaica's great at sprinting and you know there's other countries that that you just you know like oh yeah that, that's really cool to see them be really great at these things and the, yeah. you know kenyan runner you know, long distance runners kind of stuff it's just really neat um i will never it. not think of cool runnings anytime <laughs> in, in Olympic sport. right yeah 100 percent, 100 percent, and that's the which uh, gives away my age and at this point right. i think we could get to our interview <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right cool uh with our international we have our first international guest so like, hey that that's ties right. right in so all right let's do it welcome back to epr today we have a very special guest Taiwo Ugumi is on the show. I might have said that name wrong. Taiwo, would you tell us your name, please? Yes, my name is Taiwo Ugumi. Thank you so much. And I can tell you that you really pronounce the name so well. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Doing my best over here. I've been following Taiwo on LinkedIn for a while, and the work that he, he's doing is just awesome. So I'm super excited just to have him on the show and talk about the projects. And I'm not sure how I think through some of my GIS professional connections on LinkedIn is, is how I've been following him, but he's doing work in Nigeria, Germany, and other places around the world. So welcome, Taiwo. Thank you so much, Laura. I mean, it's a very good privilege to be here today, to be on the same podcast with you. I mean, super interesting to see all your amazing work and it's a privilege to be here today. Thank you so much. Yeah. Awesome. So you have a lot of projects. I don't even know where to begin to introduce you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the work that you do? Yes, basically, just like you mentioned, I have a lot of projects. I mean, when people tell me that, I just feel like, no, I don't have a lot of projects. <laughs> it scares me off sometimes. Mm -hmm. But actually, I'm a geoinformation professional. I'm an environmental risk researcher. 
At the same time, I'm a disaster reduction consultant and I have a background in geography. At the same time, I had some experience working within the humanitarian organization, supporting them with my GIS skills. And not that alone, I mean, over the year, I've had a great interest about the environment and most importantly, climate change impacts have been in my core interest. So, you know, it yeah. enters into what, you know, I call myself like the fact that I'm a GIS professional, I'm an environmentalist with researcher at the same time too. I'm a disaster consultant. Yeah. And like I say, it's incredible, a long list of things, which is really neat. But so we'll, we'll start with uh, geography. What got you into it? Yes, basically geography. I mean, all started at, after my university, sorry, after my secondary education, we call it high school, probably in the United States. Yeah. I really want to be an accountant. But I mean, there's an entry exam that you have to do to become an accountant. So I couldn't make it so well to become an accountant. And I decided to opt for geography. It wasn't even what I really want to do at first, but I really <laughs> want to go to a school in Nigeria. It's called University of Ibadan. It's the first and the best school in Nigeria, though it's a federal university actually. So I had to opt for geography. And at my first year, you know, I had to get along because, I mean, it became one of the things I had to do. And within the year two, year three, I got super more interested. And that was when I even discovered GIS. I had my first, you know, GIS course at the third year. And wow. I had A in the course. I mean, I, and I can equally say that was my first A. I never had a A, all through the Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, right, right. I mean, I get a lot of Bs, but I mean, so the GIS course started then in, in year three, and it was super interesting. So I had A, and that's what builds me more into, you know, geography and GIS. That's great. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Uh, oh, I was just, we know. When I was looking at your history and you said geography, I was just wondering how you got there. So thanks for telling us that. And then school is different, obviously, in Nigeria than it is in the U.S. And I'm curious, though, like if you if so, if geography wasn't something that like you kind of fell into it, it sounds like what's it been like learning about the environment and climate change and all of where you've kind of gone from just geography to what you're doing now? I think it has been so much super interesting because whether we like it or not, I mean, the environment shapes us. The environment determines what we do in general. Even if you're a shattered accountant, even if you're a lawyer, definitely you exist in space. And the environmental process shapes whatever you are doing. As a matter of fact, you know, the soil, the water, the rocks, the trees, those are resources that equally shape your existence. So finding myself as a geographer, and someone who's more passionate about environmental topic precisely, it's a great joy for me. And, you know, understanding how nature, you know, shapes us at the same time, understanding how the human impacts on the environment, it's one of the key things. And as I grew, probably, and after my university, I begin to understand more about, you know, climate change. I mean, despite the fact that at school, they've talked about climate, weather, and so many other, you know, elementary things like that. I begin to shed more light to see, you know, climate change impacts. And, I grew up in a place whereby, a community whereby we, we often tend to have flooding, but neither did I even know that, oh, well, flooding comes as a result of several factors, whether human or natural factor in this in the instance, and then begin to come to light that, well, these are majorly attributed to climate change. So it, this gave me more and more interest to really, to really know, I mean, how does the environment shape, and it's built me to, you know, do my career in that particular line, because I feel that, you know, generally all over the world, it becomes so essential that we need to be very, you know, keen about environment, examine the process, study it, and then it 
then determines how we can you know place ourselves within the environment yeah yeah and that's that's really well said and and actually made, it sparked something for me like so you work in like flood hazard response you mentioned that flooding in particular and you know I work there in Nigeria and then so in the US we develop and update flood maps across the country so does Nigeria have a similar program to that and how involved are you in developing those flood protection maps oh wow super interesting um yeah, yeah. Uh, i'm going to discuss that and then the thing is that like i said earlier there's consistent flood not just west africa alone not just nigeria but right. as a matter of fact statistically proven Flood is still remain one of the, you know, highly occurred, you know, natural hazard that yes. exists yep. every yes. time. And as a matter of fact, in Nigeria, precisely, we keep having flood every year, every year, every year. The government are doing so excellently in providing early warning maps, but those maps, they are not in detail to the community. So imagine you yeah. show me a map that shows states that's going to be flooded. Right. And I'm staying within a particular state. You get my point now. I didn't even yeah. know yeah. The, the level of risk of my county. So right. if you tell me that my county will be flooded, then should I start running away? Obviously, I will not run. It will be so good if we can equally know the level of flood risk, whether I low, where do we have high, where do we have low? So this give me, you know, the idea of I've spent so much much more time as a just professional. You know, I have a very good passion about environment and climate change impacts. Then I. I just discovered that, oh, well, let me have an initiative that can bring together friends, most of my mentees who are mentors, who are doing GIS, to come together and see how can we use our skills to reduce flood impacts in Nigeria. I believe so well that when people are better prepared, right, yeah. they can be able, you know, to curb the impact of flood. So that even if flooding comes, when you are better prepared. So for instance, on this yeah. podcast now, you know, I got an invitation. So I'm so much prepared. Oh, well, today, this time, this might happen. Do you get the point? Yes. So early warning right. becomes so very important. So I decided to have an initiative that brings about youth together to see how we can prepare, flow prepare, prepare this map for the people. Because this happens every year. A lot of people lose their houses. Yeah. Not just that alone, not just human properties and life that have been lost. We also lose ecosystem. Remember, we lose yeah. ecosystem, trees, yeah. mangrove. The goals deteriorated due to this natural hazard. You know, and don't forget, environment contains a lot of resources. So this build my passion to do this. Currently, in my own country, we don't have local context flood risk, you know, map that right. can make people better prepared. And as a matter of fact, not just this alone, we see people are very vulnerable. When I mean vulnerable means that, you know, access to early warning information, yes. you get better preparedness. When these are available, it makes them, it makes us to be able to manage climate change impacts. In as much as, you know, climate change is, is in existence and then the impacts might continue, but at the same time, we need to adapt. So that's what leads to, you know, my contribution to see how I can, you know, support the national government or the American institution in my home country with flood risk map. And as well as, you know, generally within the whole nation. Yeah, that's incredible. That's great work, though. That's really, I'm really excited to hear more about that as it comes through. It's really cool. I'm just smiling. I'm like, this is so cool to be able to talk to somebody. It's evening time there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time zones away and talk about these issues and the work that you're doing. So cool. So you're also writing a research paper on climate change perception by the community members in Nigeria. So how's that going? What prompted you to write it? Yes, I, you know, I, you know we, we have the whole talk on climate change on TV, on radio. Mm-hmm. You know, there are different, different people and not everybody's well-educated. Not everybody's studying right. geography. So imagine I'm an accountant. I don't worry in my climate. 
I only wake up in the morning, I see sun. I wake up in the sun, the <laughs> time of the season, there's rainfall. You just come right. and tell me what's climate change. I don't know right. what you're talking about. So despite the fact that, you know, there are different people who just heard the word climate change, who Google online and saw different definition, people don't even know why there's, you know, where there's occurrence of some natural hazard. People don't even know why we have its waves. A lot of people don't even know why we have cyclone at some part of the world. Right. It becomes right. important in the context of my country to know what is people's perception about climate change? Because I believe that your perception shapes your response to anything, right? Yeah. So if you yeah. tend to know, oh, well, this is what I perceive about money, then I'm going to know how I can make money. Or probably I'm going to know what I should use money to do. So very, very essential. So the project is essentially to know what are the people's perception about climate change? Their level of awareness, where have they heard about climate change before? What's their view about it? So it's just to be able to know. And through this, the result of this research will, be, will make it more and more very easy to advocate more. People don't even know their contribution towards the kind of climate change. Right. Right. You know, right. there are so many community people that are born forces, that use, you know, that emit gases. They are not aware of the of the repercussion that this is having, you know, on the environment itself. Yeah. So they don't know. So until if you they tend to know, so that if we if this kind of research look at the gap of what is going on then they can be more sensitized. They can be more, you know, there will be a possibility to increase their awareness about climate change and the causes of it. I believe that if we are looking forward to a better future, right, it is mm-hmm. very important that people are aware of our human contribution to nature. Yes. How our, you know, our actions is affecting the environment. And that's yes. the essential. So that's the major goal behind me working on this project. What a great yeah. initiative. So how far along are you in the project? Yes, right now, I think still on data collection, I've written a lot of, you know, the concepts, the literature, the framework about it. But now the most important thing is to do data collection. And it's yeah. in Nigeria precisely. So definitely I'll reach out to some of my friends there to do the data, data collection for me. And it's within a very local context, not really a national thing because it's not a PhD, it gets definitely. And yeah. hopefully it gets better. I also write some, you know, a key opinion, you know, right up to the Guardian mm-hmm. some last, sometime last month, and it's on understanding climate change and yeah. slow set hazard. So I, it's, a, it's an article that tries to look at the relationship between climate change and slow set hazard, like drought, desertifications, and the likes. Yeah. Anybody who does, it was into GIS and, and interested in environmental issues around the world and flood risk assessments, all these things, you should definitely be following Taiwo. He's always sharing and putting all this great information. Another thing he's working on is a <laughs> geohazard risk mapping initiative. So tell us about that one. Geohazard risk mapping initiative was established last year. And one of the goals is that we want to see how we can deploy youths yeah. who are key for using GIS to address the issue of climate change impacts in Nigeria and Africa. Oh, wow. And when we look at Nigeria, we realize that's one of the major climate change impacts that people feel every year is flooding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then my exposure, my experience, my educational experience, my work experience, and maybe to understand that GIS is one of the very good tools that we can be, that we can use to model environment, model nature. Yeah. So, that was the first bedrock. The second bedrock is the fact that I look at the social development goal 11. That's the SDG goal 11 and 13. 11 is all about sustainable cities and community. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. how can we make the cities to be sustainable if there's several natural hazards and we cannot make people to be better prepared? Secondly, climate action. Yet we know there's this climate change already. To what extent can we have a platform that tries as much as possible to bring up you know, an action to reduce climate change impact? And that's the reason why we have the initiative. The initiative have a lot of youths close to 25 and above and who are very good at using ge- geographic information system technology you know, to create maps. What do we use this map to do? We map plot within several communities in Nigeria and we try as much as possible to share this map with the emergency institution at state and at federal level because we believe that that's another way we can support them. They are doing so excellently their parts and then they are trying to make map for you know at national and at state level but we go down to community level because that's mm-hmm. you know going so down to the, the local context so yes. that people can be better aware of flooding okay so that's one of the goal of the initiative and so far so good i mean we're able to make a lot of map close to over 25 maps i mean and at the same time so we host several other international events to see how we can contribute to you know mapping building f- footprints yeah. Because, you know, when you say a place will be flooded, it's also good for us to know how many yeah. buildings are going to be flooded. Part of what the initiative does during the last four months was that we, we develop a web platform which is accessible to the public where you can search. Oh, yeah. Yes, this is a flood yeah. map in the community. Where's my house? Just to Google your own Joe code. Yeah. So, you know, super interesting. Making, making you yourself to know your flood risk level. Hopefully, we hope that there will be more you know, advancement in Nigeria, the more, you know, awareness in Nigeria to sort technology that can be making you know, better, you know, so that we can make a better use of it. So that's the whole goal of the initiative. So, you know, it's just to, you know, to reduce climate change impacts and make people better prepared and support the national government. Yeah, and it's, and it's great work. And it's a really good point too. Like, so every community is different. Every blood risk is different for different people and everybody cares about the risk to their house. Everybody cares to the risk to their property, to their things. And so it's a great, great thing that you're doing. And um, I have to say, for those of you listening, if you think Taiwo's not doing enough, don't worry, he's doing more. Um, <laughs> you're, you're also a GIS consultant to the UN Migration Agency supporting their COVID-19 response program for internationally displaced persons in northeastern Nigeria. Another really cool thing that you have on your plate. So mm-hmm. help me understand, how does GIS help support the uh, COVID-19 response? You know quite well that North Stand Nigeria is, is a part of Nigeria that have an issue of insurgency that displaces a lot of people, coupled with the issue of climate change. Mm-hmm. We have drought, low access to water, water insecurity in that particular place. So this makes a lot of international organizations, you know, to come there, to come to their rescue, to support them, to create water for them, you know, provide food for them. And that's what international go in the day, and that's what the international organizations are doing in that particular zone. So Couple with COVID-19, COVID-19 now come. Imagine a lot of people living in a camp, you know, a small camp that contains six to seven people. So you imagine it was so good before COVID-19, right? That you can live and sleep together. But COVID-19 strike, then there'll be a lot more, a lot more gonna happen in this regard. So that's one problem. Second problem is the fact that access to water, washing their hands. So there are so yeah, many projects that have been done by UN migration in Nigeria, you know, within all the camps to provide water, that's in form of sanitation, to do hygiene promotion. But what is my major role as a GIS expert? Yeah. I need to be able 
to map access to boreholes. Develop a database to map several facilities within the camps. Yeah. At the same time, it might also be very important for us to use GIS to be able to map places that we can be able to drill borehole and get water. And that's what they call groundwater mapping. So you see, I've, I've mm -hmm. had a lot of work experience in that regards, you know, within the humanitarian context. Another thing you need to do is to create dashboard, interactive with web platform dashboard that people can, that, that the project manager can interact with and be able to know how many beneficiaries do we have, how many water and washing stations do we have. Because, you know, when COVID-19 comes up, it becomes very important that they have to install hand washing stations, you know, yeah. where people can wash their hand regularly to get, to reduce the transmission. So I have to map all these things with, you know, GIS. I also have to teach the field team who have to collect some survey, you know, geocoded survey, that is mm -hmm. so we can know at what camp do you collect this information? Right. There are so many programs they run that involve understanding people's perception about COVID-19 also, and they need, you know, to collect data on this with geo-information, which can be mapped. So we can use it to make a map, make it, you know, determine the spatial variation in their perception about COVID-19, spatial distribution in the hand-washing station. That is, at a glance, if you look at the camp, you can know, oh, well, we have 20 hand-washing stations here. Oh, this place is county. Okay, let's look at one here. So that was my major goal there as a consultant. So creating map, building database for them, at the same time, creating an interactive dashboard that a project manager can use to know, to assess the project impact. Just incredible stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah. And something I think a lot of us take for granted. I mean, just being able to wash your hands is a simple thing, but, but it isn't everywhere. That's really, right. really, really great work you're doing. Yeah, so speaking of what it's like to live in other parts of the world and in places we're not familiar with, Taiwo, I would love to know if you have any stories. We like to talk to people about the work they've done out in the environment and in nature and in, in the field. So I was wondering if in your GIS work, if you've done very much work in the field. Oh, yes. I had a lot of travels. Before I became a consultant, I used to work with one of the international NGO mm -hmm. as a GIS officer in there. And, you know, I had to go to feed with some, to meet some local feed collector data collector precisely to supervise them. So on, on this note, I traveled to one part of Northeastern Nigeria. And on getting there to the feed, and unfortunately for me, I would say fortunately, I was alone. I mean, I really lose yeah. track of those guys who are the local guys who are going oh, no. to do the survey. And yeah. <laughs> my phone is off. Yeah. I'm not speaking the language. Oh, I don't gosh. know I'm going to return back to. <laughs> yeah. You know, the starting point we were, and I was just looking around. I began to talk to them. Hello, hello. They were speaking a different language. That's outside in Nigeria. I can't yeah. speak the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting scared like, oh my God, what do I do in this place? How right. can people assess me? I can't even, I don't have access to my phone. And this is an insecure zone where you have a lot of terrorists. Oh, I don't oh know. gosh. So I think it's going to be so difficult. I mean, I've never been so scared like that in my life before. And I was like, oh God. Because people always tell me, when general work is not safe, you need to be very careful. You're going to yeah. defeat is so dangerous. And you know, the, the passion I have for, you know, for people, the passion I have for the for the sector itself made me to still dedicate myself to use my skill. We get a lot of people who use their GIS to several sectors, GIS to health, GIS to transport. Okay, and I decided to just make my own to GIS to my interior activities at the same time, GIS to you know environmental assessment and analysis. So you know, one of the things that I encounter at that point in time 
which I can never forget. I mean, I, I can't just never forget. <laughs> but yeah. it's fun. I mean, it's one of those things that you have to undergo. Yeah, of course. It was, yeah, it was comedy is always tragedy plus time. So at the time, I'm sure it was scary. But looking back, you're like, man, wasn't that something? You know, it's always a story to tell. It really is. So yeah, I'm glad you made it back. I'm glad you're, right. you're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That's a tough one to be in, for sure. All right. So we know that you, you do a lot of work in Nigeria. Do you actually live in Nigeria? Not at the moment. At the moment, I'm currently in Germany. And why I'm in Germany is the fact that I'm currently doing my master's at the United Nations University here in Germany. Actually, it's a joint, <laughs> actually, it's, it's a joint master's with the University of Bonn and United Nations University. And I'm studying environmental risk too. I mean, I'm trying to do my master's in environmental risk and human security. So you see how that really relates together. Yeah, 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 for sure. At the moment, I'm not in Nigeria. But I mean, all my projects is for my country, you know, all what I do with my country. I have a lot of communication in my country. I get a lot of people who ask me, Taiwo, you know, are you still in the country? We don't really understand. Are you in Nigeria or you're in Europe? I mean, <laughs> right. It's difficult for us to know. Even on your phone, we still have access to your line, then your Nigerian line. You didn't change it all that years. I didn't change it. I still maintain my Nigerian line apparently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm just here for my program. So right. I only have a single project that I've done here in Germany and is on drought in Germany. So I had a publication some couple of, you know, months ago on drought in Germany. And I think that's the only project I've done here. Every other project has been majorly in Nigeria because, you know, yeah. I always feel that, you know, countries like Europe, they have a good running system. Warehouse. I mean, they love cap that, you know, that I can always feel. I mean, some experience that I can always share in my country. So at the moment, I'm in Europe. Hopefully, mm-hmm. to be back to my country soon. Yeah, have you traveled sure. a lot? Do you have a favorite place? Oh, yes. I was in Amsterdam. <laughs> nice. Nice. Right. I mean, I'm traveling to France this weekend. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Next weekend. I mean, this is weekend anyway. Like, the next Saturday, yeah. we're in France. Yeah. And I can also wait to be in Belgium end of the month. So, for my favorite country, is that I would love to visit the United States. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I can call on this podcast. I would love to visit the United States. Very good country. I like actually. Yeah, yeah. But I love to travel, you know. Travel has always been my passion from small. Even though, you know, you know, you desire to travel, but at the same time, for someone who's in Africa, there are so many, many, you know, constraints to traveling. Mm-hmm. Meaning that it must be, you know, a, a very, very substantial purpose of your traveling. You don't just say you want to go to embassy to go to the United States or any other country to do what. So, right. but it comes handy now that I mean I can assess several part of European countries, go to France, go to Belgium. You know, at some point, it's super good to see to, to see a new city, to learn new culture, and that's why I really enjoy to eat new food, even though I don't like food. Yes. But obviously, oh, yes. I just like yeah. to see new, 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 new things. So it's it's a very good thing for me. Another thing I always like to do is like. Visit the museum. I, I do this sometimes, you know, see, you know, visit the museum, go to, you know, forests to see nature, you know, have a good sense, a good air quality in contrast yeah. to where we are in, in, in the urban city. So I haven't been to much places. Hopefully for the end of the year, maybe I will have traveled to like 10 countries. Not sure. Oh, but, yeah. 
Awesome. That'd be really fun for sure. Yeah, you have well, to tell us uh, when you're coming to the U.S. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I will, yeah, you have I will to. Definitely notify you I'm going to the U.S. And I will tell you when I'm coming to Nigeria or wherever. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> I, I really host you. I will take you to the to the to the most 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 you know ghettos in Nigeria at the same time. The opacity yeah. in Nigeria, and I'm super sure that you enjoy yourself. I mean, you like the people there, the culture. Oh yeah. Of course, I mean, yeah, yeah. Forget about the impression I'm gonna have, but you might have, but you're a very good country. You should come someday. <laughs> yeah, I was already yeah, thinking, absolutely. like, why isn't NAEP? We need some NAEP travel groups or something. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. that would be really fun. Yeah, I would love to go, and it'd be great to visit. And like I can see it. Travel is so much more fun too when you have someone that you know um, yeah. in a country because you learn a lot more about it. You know, is you can do like the tour, you can go to the special space, space, and like, oh yeah, this is what everybody's seen, but you know, to really get a feel for it. You know, I can like, so cool places. What I'm trying to say is Laura and I will take you up on that. Yeah. And yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we're saying. So um Exactly. Yeah. I give you this today. Today, whenever I want to visit Nigeria, to let me know. Okay. I fly to the country anytime. I mean Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then as much as I'm aware, then I'll take you Aaron, Abuja, Lagos. Yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. my probably visit Northern Nigeria too, so you can you can also see more because the North Eastern Nigeria is it has a, a different you know climate and a different environment. Precisely, they have less yeah. rainfall. So I mean, I'm probably going to call it an arid region. Yeah. In a sense, in contrast to the southwestern parts. So right. it's a right. very very nice place. I mean, I have a lot of you know culture that you can see and different people, different languages. But it's going to be super fun. And I'm so much sure that you have heard about Lagos. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely that would be really cool. That would be really, really cool. And um, yeah, I, I know we're getting close to the end of our time here. So what do you do when you're not working? What, what do you do for fun? What is your fun or your hobby, your favorite one? I think aside working, I mean, a lot of people always tell me I work too much. That's what yes. Right, right. Yes, oh, yes, I understand. <laughs> I will, I'm not sure. You don't even enjoy your life. All the time you're on computer. I call you today, you're on computer. Two days I call you. What are you doing? You and this word, making word impact, making word impact. Do you even have time to have fun? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like, oh, yes, I do. I think right now in Europe, one thing I do mostly is that maybe weekend I go to swim. Yeah. Or I take my bicycle and, ra- and ride all over to see new places you know, within the city. That's mm-hmm. two. Three, I see movies sometimes, just on a random. But mm-hmm. I can tell, to be frank, I don't really, really do much of fun. I only go in and out. Like, <laughs> in and out. Like, to be frank, in, in and out. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not the truth. The people is like, query me and say that, guy, you, 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 you're doing love stuff. It's true. But catch fun, obviously I do anyway. Yeah, but not all the time. I just get carried away. Yeah, right? no. Uh, yeah, you're speaking. Of the, yeah, we, I think both of us are the same. It's just you know, sometimes you get you get wrapped up in it, and you spend hours. And you're like, how late is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I find a partner finally. I thought I'm the only one existing in space that is so much so much keen about. So I need that I know that Nick also is the person that that works too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I mean. I play football sometimes, or swim. Just like yeah. people you know about me, just random fun. You get why I can say that I dedicate my time. I mean, to do much of work, and I spend most time thinking about the innovation. And at the same time, because I mean, sometimes people will tell me, "Tell, can I know when you be free so that we can?" I said, "Free? 
I'm not sure I have a free time. When you say right. you looking for free time, no. Yeah. You can't find free time here. Yeah. Every day comes with different agenda. So yes. when you're for free, yes. just tell me whatever you want, whatever you want to do, how we do it. And so I think another thing I spend my time doing much more is to support youth within the industry, most especially mm-hmm. the environmental industry and GIS industry precisely, who are just coming up who need support. Yeah. I realized that you know a lot of people need guidance. I receive a lot of messages on my LinkedIn and Twitter, and people just say, Oh, well, please, I I don't know. I, I look at your page, I look at your story, and I really want to be like that. So I think one of the things that I spend my time doing aside to myself is to dedicate, you know, to advise, to guide people, you know, young youths undergraduates, postgraduates, on you know how best projects and how that you know career this thing like that. So I think that's yeah. another thing I do aside for myself, you know. And at the same time too, I think I spend more time with my family anyway. Yeah. It's always it's important. You gotta put time in. You gotta put time no matter what, you gotta find some time for family. You do. You have to. That's great. So I was thinking, yeah, if we do come to visit Nigeria, let us know uh when you have a project you need volunteers for so we can combine that work oh, travel yeah. thing cuz yeah there you go yeah yeah so they're yeah yeah That's we're so having work. fun and working yeah <laughs> you got oh, three volunteers right quite interesting yeah wow so i'm getting two additional international volunteer oh well <laughs> projects will always exist anyway i think project will always exist definitely we have a lot of projects but yes, i'll keep you guys updated i mean please do we need more people we need more people more expert like you not even just a volunteer more expats like you would. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we potentially have a lot of experts listening. So how, if someone wants to contribute or support the work you're doing, how can they do that? Yeah, at the moment, I will always, I mean, I look forward to have, you know, professionals who are who are really, really into environmental impact assessment, you know, GIS, disaster reduction, you know, researcher and experts, mm-hmm. basically, and consultants. I mean, I would really, really love to have them initiate still right now because I mean I need more professional, you know, experts, people who are doing stuff related to flood, probably doctors and professors in this regard. So I'm seeking for most most of them. At the same time, probably people within the space industry, you know, people who use earth observation data sets to do lots more. Mm-hmm. Or probably environmental conservative people, experts precisely. So to do that, I think probably, I mean, I can assess me on my LinkedIn, definitely. Entire SOGOMI or basically on my through my initiative website, www.juriskmap.org. So, I mean, that's pretty much the way to, to really assess me. If at all we can do things together, I'm hoping for a lot of collaboration, most especially when it involves, you know, addressing the issue of climate change impacts, how we can have a better necessary management, you know, how we can con, you know, con, con, conserve nature, nature based solution to climate change. Generally, on that context, because I feel that you know you can't the environmental issues in the world. It's not for a single professional. You know there must be a heavy collaboration. There must be you know several ideas coming from different people together. And I believe this is the only way we can be able you know to have a better and sustainable environment. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So. Yeah, I mean, that's basically our time. And like I say, it's been so great having you on. A lot of really fun stories, a lot of really great work you're doing. And now we know you're working too much. So, uh, you know, but hey, it's okay, you know, <laughs> like, so you're in good company. So it's great, great work. Thank you so much for being here. It's very inspiring. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you and look forward to that trip whenever we can make that happen. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs>
you should definitely make it happen. Because now I'm holding you both on to this that you're coming to my home country, yep. Nigeria. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's recorded. Yeah, yeah. We... <laughs> so okay. I anticipate to see you both. And also, I want to commend you for what you're doing. I mean, bringing people together from all over the world. I mean, regardless of the race or the ethnicity, very, very super interesting. Hopefully, I mean, this is a platform whereby, you know, people can hear. I mean, I, I listened to all the previous podcasts you guys did. I'm super interested. I've learned a lot from all our highly influential people within the world. And it's really, you know, it's so inspirational. Thank you for what you guys have been. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. I really it's appreciate it. It's always fun to talk to everyone. It really is. Yeah, I love different, because it brings different perspectives. We learned some new things about, uh, you know, from you this week that we wouldn't have if we didn't talk to you. I love that. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, Taiwo. Thank you. That's our show. Thank you, Taiwo, for joining us all the way from Germany. So much amazing work. It's so inspiring. Keep it up. Be sure to check us out each and every Friday. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review before you leave. See you, everybody. Bye.